Welcome to the Working Moms Podcast, featuring inspiring stories and resources for the modern working mom. I'm your host, Pamela Moss, estate planning attorney, mom, and owner of Law Mother. Today's guest is Jenny. She is a certified integrative nutrition coach with Good For You Gluten-Free. She is author of Dear Gluten, It's Not Me, It's You. Welcome today, Jenny. Oh, thank you for having me, Pam. I'm excited to be here. I am so excited you're here. And I know we're going to be talking today about your experience growing a blog and giving people some of those tips. And before we jump into that, I want to start with what is your number one tip for working moms? Oh, wow. Well, Well, for working moms who may work at home would be my tip necessarily, because I've been working at home for, I want to say, over a decade now. And so it's easy to get caught up doing a million other things when you are working mom and working from home, which I think a lot of people are right now working at home. And so it's really important to both carve out time and space. And so I take my job just as serious as I would if I was going in the office or not, you know, I block off my schedule. This is when mommy's working. This is when I am doing my office hours. And um, I also have a space in the home. And I got a little displaced during COVID with everyone being home. My husband's home, my kids are home. And so I had to really sort of scramble to find my own space in the house that is my office. And that is where I primarily do most of my work. And so I think for working moms working at home, it is about really making this a serious thing. This is your job. This is your space. This is your time. I love that. And having both the time and the environment is such a good tip and something that is so powerful that we sometimes don't think about. So thank you for sharing that. And, you know, you mentioned just a moment ago that you've, you know, been working for home from home for 10 years. And I would love to hear kind of more about your background and kind of how you got into blogging and how you've, you, you know, really been such a big success. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if it's big success, but I feel very satisfied in, in my work and fulfilled. Um, I want to say about, I've been working from home for a long time, but it was about seven or eight years ago where I wanted to actually do a career change. I've been working in marketing and PR, which I still do a lot of today. Um, in a different capacity, of course, but um, I, you know, I got sick. I was diagnosed with celiac disease and it sort of became a little bit of an obsession for me because I was just trying to figure out how to actually feel well again. I was really struggling with my health. I was in my thirties. It was really hard at that time. And so um, I decided to go back to school and I enrolled in um, a year long online nutrition program and became a certified integrative nutrition coach and started to shift in what I was doing on a day-to-day basis and perhaps building this new career in business. I originally started health coaching and helping people who were going gluten-free for health reasons to help them figure out how they could you know, clean up their diets and heal their bodies. But I learned that I wasn't necessarily as motivated as a health coach as I was to share this information with the masses. And so that's where the blog came in. I started Good For You Gluten-Free and started to not only document what I was learning in my journey to heal my body, um, but really trying to educate this community through information, recipes, what's true, what's not true, you know, so much out there, so much information out there that is not true. And, um, and so the blog just started to really grow 
just by sharing my experiences, my knowledge. And obviously I kept learning too. So I was on this journey I and mean, every day I'm learning new things about how to manage my diet, how to eat in a way that heals my body, how to grow in my nutrition knowledge and everything. And so I share all that information on my blog. I love your story because it comes from such a really real place, an authentic place of, you know, wanting to help people and kind of share your, your journey and, and really help those who are in such a hard place or, or in a difficult place. And so, you know, for other people who are listening, who, you know, are passionate and want to start a blog, what is your advice to them, you know, given kind of the journey you've gone through? Right. I have so much advice. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting because you really do learn by growing in an experience. You, you really hit the nail on the head when you said, this is a passion. Like, this is what I love to do. This is what I love to talk about. And so I feel like I'm coming from that place and people can feel that authenticity and that passion from me because I not only have earnestly taken the time to learn about gluten disorders and nutrition, but I've also, I live it. I live it every single day and I cry and I struggle and I have those same challenges that a lot of people in my community are facing. But for people who are really passionate about any topic, it doesn't have to necessarily be health, but if you're really passionate about helping people because this is something you are living through or a topic you're really passionate about, a blog is a really great way to do that because you can reach masses, you know, one-to-one coaching. Sometimes you're just reaching one person at a time, which is so important and you can change a lot of lives that way. But if you can also enhance that one-to-one by reaching masses with that information, that's really where blogging comes in. And so when I first started my blog, I, I didn't know much about blogging. I knew a lot about marketing, but I didn't really know the world of blogging. But I knew there were bloggers out there who were just crushing it. You know, they had tons of traffic on their site. They had sponsors. They were making money from ads. Like, how are they doing this? I wanted to know. And so uh, I think it was in 2015 or 16, I started the Denver Bloggers Club in Colorado. And so I've grown that club and, and it, this might sound small, but it's actually like growing it one by one. There's over 600 members in the Denver Bloggers Club. So it means here in this community, we have over 600 people who consider themselves some sort of blogger, creative, social media influencer. And we, um, we come together monthly for learning events and workshops. And that is truly how I grew my blog is every month I would bring in a speaker. Oh, well, she knows how to do affiliate marketing and she has a blog. I'm going to invite her to come and speak to this club and teach us what she knows about affiliate marketing, for example. And so she'd come and she'd teach us and people were starting to sign up and come to my events. My events were selling out. I didn't have space for everyone because others wanted to learn. You know, I thought if I could just just soak in this knowledge, I could become successful too. And so I always think of myself as my own case study. You know, I went to every Denver Bloggers Club event because I planned them and I just learned so much about blogging. It's not just about sharing and like keeping a diary online, which I think a lot of people think of a blog as. It's really about providing information that people need in your community. And how do you understand your community? How do you find you know, what are the keywords they're searching for? Because that's good stuff for you to be helping them with and writing about 
Um, and how do you make money doing this? And, and, and that's, a, that's kind of a puzzle piece that a lot of people don't quite understand. You know, they say, oh, I'm really passionate about wine, <laughs> but how do, you make, how do you make a blog of that? How do you make a living of that? And so we teach you kind of how to do that through our workshops and stuff like that through the Denver Bloggers Club. And so if you do want to become a blogger, I suggest surrounding yourself with other bloggers and going to conferences, events, and just soaking in as much information because it's, it's not just about blogging. It's about growing a business and learning the business of blogging. <laughs> it makes me think of, I think it's a book called The E-Myth where it's the story that he, he talks about stories, how like an entrepreneur, that's the E, an entrepreneur starts maybe a bakery because they love to bake, right? But when you actually start a business and a bakery, you're probably not doing much baking you're running a business, right? And so a blog kind of becomes a business for you at some point. It's not just a diary of sharing your thoughts and feelings, but it is a full-fledged business for many of us. So kind of just to recap what you just said, you know, really um, when you're starting a blog to, you know, focus on a passion or or something, a topic that you care about, um, you talked about approaching it as a business and really surrounding yourself with those resources and those people. And then, you know, can you help us understand how do people make money doing blogging or what is the, I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, you mentioned a few of those, but what are kind of the the recommendations there? I actually get that question a lot. Like you, you really make a living blogging. How, how do you make a living from a blog? And so, you know, at first, obviously I didn't make any money. I was really building something from scratch. Um, but over time, I, I have learned that as you grow your traffic and you get real savvy about growing your traffic and your community, sponsors want a piece of that. And so there's opportunities to work with sponsors. There's ad networks that exist when you have a certain level of traffic to your website. You can, uh, you can work with these ad networks that work with bloggers and they basically work with a big brand, you know, a big company, and they're selling advertising space on all the blogs that they represent. So they may represent 2000 different bloggers and they're selling something to that brand. They're selling space to that brand and then they put their ads on my blog. So I don't necessarily deal even with my advertisers. I work with an ad network and that's a huge revenue source for a lot of bloggers. And then I mentioned affiliate income, which um, if there's products that I work with that I recommend, Um, For example, there's a celiac disease at home test that you can take and I've tried it and it works really well. So if you don't want to necessarily go to your doctor to get a blood test, you can do the blood test at home. Well, if you click on the link to that blood test from my blog, I get a commission on that, an affiliate commission. So that's an income source and that can be very lucrative for a lot of bloggers. So all sorts of things. I would say there's multiple streams. Um, And then the other thing is just products. You know, a lot of bloggers sell books, cookbooks, um, how-to books, video series, a lot of digital products. Um, I even have meal plans that I sell on my website for people who need to eat gluten-free. And so there's multiple revenue streams that sort of all add up to to a full-time living, I guess you could say. (laughs) What, from a um, time expectation, right? Because you mentioned when you got this started, it wasn't an overnight success, right? You had to learn, you had to build, you had to grow. 
what is kind of a reasonable expectation if someone is wants to start blogging of you know how long to invest your time and and how long to expect until you'll start seeing results well and that's a great question so i think someone who approaches it as a business could potentially start making money within the first year if they really learn and approach it more strategically than a lot of bloggers don't approach it strategically they just sort of post a diary or whatnot online and they're not really wanting to build a business. But if you want to build a blog and a website as a business and you're strategic about it, you could probably be profitable within the year. There's a woman in um, the Dimmer Bloggers Club who has a great home decor. She's an interior designer. Um, She actually was an attorney and now she's an interior designer. And so she blogs about uh, design and home design and her blog just really started taking off lots of traffic, hundreds of thousands of people visit her site each month. And so, you know, obviously that took her many years to build, but she has so much knowledge about building a blog and she has a second passion and her second passion is um, reading and books and sharing books with people. And so she started a second blog about book recommendations, book reviews, and she approached it very strategically Um, She actually taught a session, so I learned a lot about her story, but she approached this very strategically, and um, I'd say, I think she said in about four months, her blog had enough traffic that got her qualified to be on one of those ad networks, so she was already starting to turn a profit after about four months of hard work, but she knew how to build a blog, and so that's why I think it's really important to invest in that learning and understanding and getting it right from the start, because you can really accelerate that success much faster. And if people want to kind of learn how to grow a successful blog, one of the resources you mentioned was the club, the Denver. And is that something that is going virtually right now? Is it something that's in person? What What is the options for people who want to join it and right. get that support? Yeah, I'd say COVID's definitely been a challenge. We would usually meet once a month. Um, and so we haven't met as often through COVID, but I'd say we have maybe every two to three months, we have a workshop. We just did a workshop a few weeks ago that I taught about um, how to grow an email list and, and ways to really uh, surge your email community and how important the email list is. And, um, and then I got a lot of requests for someone who asked, a few people asked if I could make that more of a basic class, like it was a little more advanced for some people in our club. And so we'll probably do a, a part two, which will be a little more basic, probably should have done the basic one first, but yeah. And then um, we have workshops on Instagram growth and community growth. Um, we had a workshop or a session at a conference that I put on about you know, TikTok and different ways that people are using these different platforms to grow their their influence, I guess you could say. And so, yeah, the Denver Bloggers Club is a great resource here local if you're in Colorado, but I know you may not just, you may have a, a more national reach, but there's a lot of different blogging conferences depending on your niche. If you're a food blogger, there's a lot of food blogging conferences that are fantastic. There's a lot of courses and workshops that you can purchase out there. Um, like blogging academy and things like that, depending on your niche. And you can ask around um, people who are in your niche to find really good courses that you can take for potentially $100, $200 and really have access to a lot of resources to, to learn not only how to just physically get your blog up and running, but how do you search for good keywords? How do you write a blog post that 
is very clickable and readable? And how do you get people sort of sucked into your site and clicking around? And how do you get them on your newsletter? And how do you build a community on Instagram that people are actually engaging with and enjoying? And so a lot of those things sort of fall into place when you, when you take some of those workshops and courses. And is there any specific workshops or courses that you'd recommend or that you took specifically? Oh, there's so many I would hate to recommend, but I've taken, so I have taken, I've taken courses on Pinterest. I've taken courses on upping my photography, which is something that is a challenge for me. I'm not as creative in that way. I'm more of a writer, not a photographer, but when you are photographing recipes, you need to know how to take photography, you know, good photographs and good lighting. So there's, there's so many classes out there. I've taken classes on email building, email list building, um, Instagram. So there's a lot. I, I couldn't recommend just one necessarily. There's there's so many out there and I've taken a lot of them. I wish I had taken a lot of them sooner when I was first starting because I would have known so much more. And then, you know, when I finally took the courses, I'm like, oh man, I have to play catch up. Now I kind of know this picture doesn't look good. Now I have to go reshoot those video or those recipes and actually get nice, uh, nicer pictures, right? And <laughs> and I think the future here, when we're looking into the future of blogging, there's going to be a lot of changes, but some of the things that really, if you're good at photography, if you're good at creating videos, videos is the future. A lot of people are building a whole brand using videos and YouTube and <laughs> combining YouTube with their blogs. Um, Instagram has reels that are really popular and help you build your brand. So video is kind of the future. So if you're going to invest in anything, start learning how to <laughs> create good videos for your blog. Yeah. And as someone that has been around blogging for a little bit, it sounds like you've seen some transitions happen in, in yeah. What are kind of your advice for people that are coming into it now? It sounds like, you know, video is kind of the new emerging area or not so new, but is there other tips that you have for people who, who are coming into it now kind of based on what you're seeing in the industry? Yeah. I'd say you need to think of your blog, not necessarily as this physical blog online, but as a community and when you start to see, when you start to see things as a community. So I see my I see this as a gluten-free community. I'm trying to build a real sense of community here, a large community of people who share in a certain diet and lifestyle. And so I, I think if you are gonna come into this now, think of it not as a blog, but as building a community. And so I have this community, um, I've, I've sort of figured out where people in my community are because it's tempting for me to be like, oh, I got to quickly put up a, I got to do TikTok. And it's like, well, I don't really want to do TikTok and nobody wants to see, you know, 40 something year old women on TikTok necessarily. But I have found that my community is Instagram. Like a lot of them are in Instagram and they love being there. And so I found a real nice community there. I found a community through my newsletter, through people who find me online. I've created a really beautiful newsletter every week that they get. And I get people responding to my newsletter. And so really, if you are going to think about starting a blog, think about the community, think about starting a community and then figuring out where that community is and building from there. So are they online? Are they are they on YouTube? Where is that community? And start to really build it from there. And then everything kind of starts to fall into place, truly. And so kind of what's the difference between looking for your target audience and a community as kind of what you've described? Yeah, well, I think that's a good question. I don't know that I've 
thought about, but a target audience, I mean, definitely if I were thinking about my target audience, it's going to be people who share in this gluten-free lifestyle, right? But a community, when you think of a community, you think about people who are engaged in a community, not just there. And so it's people who are maybe commenting, responding, liking things that I'm posting, um, sharing things. That's where that real community building comes up. And it's so fun when maybe I'll post something on Instagram and people start tagging, Hey mom, make this, you know, (laughs) you're building a real community when people start tagging, you know, Hey, can you make this for me? Or I thought you might like this community. Um, I think you should join. I even have, um, so on Facebook, Facebook's an interesting beast in itself, but you know, people don't really engage with brands on Facebook so much anymore. It's, it's very hard. Um, unless a brand is willing to pay Facebook for that engagement but Facebook has a great thing. They have groups, uh, Facebook groups, and you can build a community in a group, like a private group. So I have a gluten-free diet support group and people are helping each other. And, you know, Hey, I, I'm going to this burger place. Does anyone know what I can order gluten-free there? Right. And so then people come in and that's really where that community comes when you see people actively engaging, but you were the the reason you brought them together. And so a target audience, yes, I I would love all gluten-free people to be in my audience, but if they're not going to engage, you know, the emails I send them are going to end up just going to their spam at some day or going going unopened and they're not going to be engaging with my posts on Instagram and things like that. So that would be sort of what I think is the difference, but I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. No, I appreciate that because, um, you know, I think everyone has different words that they use to describe how to engage on social media. And, and so you were using this word community, which is such a powerful word. And, and I, I was just trying to understand it. And that was a beautiful explanation. So I think that really helped me understand how you can really make a difference for people in a way that is going to be more of a community versus right. just you know, content that maybe people don't, maybe people consume once, but they don't connect with, they don't reconnect with. So that's really, really helpful. And then kind of has any lessons learned or any things that you um, didn't realize at first. And now looking back, would you would give advice to people as far as, you know, mistakes to avoid or, or (laughs) things? Yeah. Well, (laughs) I've made a lot of those mistakes that you talk about, but I think that if you are going to build a blog or more so a community is that really um, you don't have to do it all. And I think that is the biggest takeaway for me is that I feel so much pressure every day to be posting on this social media platform and building this and that, and, oh, I have to have products. I have to have all this, but really the truth is if you could just find where your people are in those couple of places, you know, so I have my blog but then I'm only really posting regularly to Instagram, for example. And that's been very successful for me. And, and, and building a newsletter has been really successful for me. And I sort of tune out everything else. Like I, I really am not quite there yet building a YouTube channel. I know I need to do video, but I don't want to cave to that pressure because I, I'm a working mom. I don't have endless amounts of time. And someday I will have more time. That is something I want to work towards doing, building more videos, or maybe I will one day, maybe I will learn TikTok or whatever the newest thing is. But, you know, there, there, there's just embracing the few things that you can do and do those things really well. 
you know, write one blog post a week and then promote that blog post on your platform of choice. You know, that's a big step actually when in a time when everyone's just not focused, everyone's trying to do everything and chasing the next big thing. And if you can just find what suits you and where your community is, it'll serve you well. I, that's so helpful because I think as entrepreneurs, people tend to, we're, we tend to be the type, right, that, you know, chases the shiny and, and wants to do so many different things. And really um, having seen your success, it really is apparent how you have been able to really leverage and focus. And so that are, those are some really, really great points. Um, so before we sign off today, there's a few final questions I have for you. And the first question, final question is something that I ask everyone. What is your legacy? What is the legacy that you are creating? Oh, wow. Ooh, well, I guess we never really know, but my hope is that, that I am helping people every day, you know, finding information, excuse me, that they can use. And one of my friends, when, when I first started this whole journey, one of my friends said to me, you're making your mess your mission, aren't you? And I felt like that really resonated with me that, that the mess going on in my life and the health mess I was going through, it's now suddenly my mission, not only to help myself, but to help others. And so I hope that legacy lives well beyond me, that maybe something I have said has changed someone's life. Like they're like, I didn't realize that my gut looked like this after celiac disease and that I can do this to help, help myself feel better. Or I didn't realize I could make a gluten-free pizza that tasted so good. Right. Like, so I hope that my legacy is that people are, you know, surviving, thriving and living, you know, healthy and fulfilled gluten-free lives, you know, wherever they are on their journey that hopefully they find me and I can, and make a difference in their life. I love that, Jimmy. So before we sign off, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you and to connect with you? Yes. Well, I have my blog, which is goodforyouglutenfree.com. And um, I'm also very active, like I mentioned, on Instagram. And my handle is also goodforyougluten-free. And uh, so come find me. Come say hi. Tell me you heard me on this podcast. And um, I'd love to connect with you and bring you into our community, especially if you eat gluten-free, cook for someone gluten-free, or love someone who is gluten-free, you have a place at my gluten-free table. I love that. Thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you. Hey, Mama. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Head over to my website, lawmother.com forward slash podcast for all the show notes and links you heard in today's episode. You'll also be able to get access to my free legal tool for you to name legal guardians for your children to protect them and have that peace of mind. It's all right there at lawmother.com.